They say that life is full of opportunities, right? So why are so many of us dreading getting out of bed to face another day? I know what that's like. My life was full of conflict, stress, failure, and fear. When I got cancer for the second time, my choice was simple, change or die. Today, I love waking up. I love my life. I love owning my own business that is helping people learn and grow. So how do you unlock that kind of transformation in your life? Let's discover the answers together as we hear from ordinary people like you and me and their extraordinary success stories. My name is Donna Gammon, and this is Power to Grow. Welcome, welcome, everyone. We are so excited for our guest today. You guys, we have Julie Michelson, and she is a functional medicine certified health coach and is a creator of Inspired Living with Autoimmunity. She is going to be sharing with us some really cool things. She's going to share her story and then some cool things that she used to be able to feel better in her illnesses that she had and some of the things she was dealing with. So welcome, Julie, to our show today. We're so excited to have you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Donna. I'm thrilled to be here. All right. Well, Julie, tell us a little bit. Now, we've had you on the show already. But today we're going to go just a little bit deeper into your story. I really want to know, first of all, for the viewers, the listeners that have not actually heard your story from the beginning, can you share with us a little bit about where you started, what happened, and how you find out, found out your illness and what you had? Sure. Absolutely. When I was 34, I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. It was about a year after I'd gotten divorced, I had three small kids and my health started to decline. I started to experience some significant pain and fatigue and was lucky enough to get diagnosed within a year, which in the autoimmune world is really relatively quickly. That is quick. Yeah. So in that sense, I was really lucky. Which What wasn't so good was I chose to go the conventional. I really didn't even know there was an, an option. <laughs> I decided to listen to all my doctors and take all of the medications that they told me that would help me. They actually told me for them, a win would be to slow my disease progress um, and help me be comfortable. So Uh there was no hope of making anything better just to kind of slow my decline was their goal. And I believed that that was the only option. I didn't know that I could find wellness again. So tell me really quick, because I have a daughter that had rheumatoid arthritis at age, she was diagnosed at 16, and they gave her all this medication where I had to take her in and have her tested all the time to make sure her liver and all of her organs were functioning properly. You had that too? Yes, yes. They need to make sure that the medication isn't killing you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And I remember going in and all her symptoms were exactly the same, and I thought, why am I giving her this medicine that is basically damaging her organs and not helping in the process? So did you find that too? I experienced the exact same thing. And she's lucky to have a mom who would question that. I was a little slow on the uptake, (laughs) not going to lie. I followed their protocol for 10 years. 
And by year 10, I was on 10 prescriptions, most of them to treat symptoms from my other prescriptions, if that makes sense. That's (laughs) what it seems like I find with people that have medications, they're, yeah, treating symptoms that the other medications are giving them. So it's like, yes, yes. And much like your daughter, uh, you know, I wasn't improving. So, so it wasn't like, you know, well, the reward was I felt great. No, I, I felt horrible. By the time I was 44, I, I couldn't work. I had to drop out of the master's program I had been in because my brain fog was so bad that I just couldn't even retain what I was learning. And so... Now, was it, that from the disease or from the medication? It, well, yes, <laughs> both. Okay. Both. Brain fog does, you know, is a common symptom of autoimmune issues. But I was also on painkillers and muscle relaxers and, 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 and. So it was definitely a combo for sure. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Well, tell us how you decided to get past that. Like here you are 10 years in, you're not getting better. Things aren't, it's actually progressing worse. It sounds like to me. Yes. And so then what do you do? What happened at that point? Right around probably age 44 was when my daughter, who was at the time a young teenager, came to me one day and said, mom, please don't die. You know, please don't leave us. And she wasn't really overreacting. You know, it it was seemed like a really significant possibility. My dad had passed away at the age of 54 and seemed healthy until the day he died. So, you know, I I honestly didn't think I would live to see 50. It was a genuine fear. So I thought, well, I've got to, I've got to try something like this isn't working. And so that really prompted me to start to take action. You know, I had been in a place of total helplessness because I believed I couldn't get better. And I thought, no, I I can't leave these kids. I've, I've got to try. And that's when I started to just research and learn and listen to podcasts like this and just experiment. I mean, not with anything crazy, mostly with food was the beginning of my experimentation and the beginning of my my wellness journey. So it, it was just learning and taking action to create change on my own. And all of a sudden I started to improve. Yeah. Yeah. And did you have a lot of experience with that as far as, you know, the foods and, and all of that stuff? Because I mean, I know that you do have a, do you have a degree? Is that right? I do. Well, I I do now. Yes. I have a Mm -hmm. certification at the time. No. Okay. So you did. I, I did not. I grew up in a heart disease family. So I grew up thinking I was eating really healthy. I I grew up in the low fat craze and bought into all of that hook, line and sinker. And I would say the the first healthy shift in diet I made was when my son was diagnosed with celiac disease, which I didn't know I had through him. I I found out I I too have celiac. So I had gone gluten-free probably about 10 years ago, maybe even 11 or 12 years ago. And I noticed when I made that change that I got a little bit better. Mm. My pain was a little bit better. And so that was when I was like, huh, I wonder if there's something to this diet change, you know, that kind of Ah. got me thinking, but it was like, of course you feel better because you have celiac, right? If I, you know, so that according to the doctors, if I didn't have celiac, cutting out gluten wouldn't have mattered one way or another. 
but it planted that seed that, wait a minute, there are things that can impact. Mm, there's a possibility that these yes. actually do make a difference. I love yes. I'm all yeah. about the food. So <laughs> I totally agree with food curing your life. So, yes. so what were some of the things that you started changing? I gave up grains, you know, so first I gave up gluten and then I was like, okay, that's a little bit, let me give up grains. And that too, I got a little bit of an improvement and we're talking, I was coming from a place of, you know, severe chronic pain. So while these improvements were great, they weren't life changing yet, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And again, began to learn, but it's interesting when I first gave up grains and found out, you know, what paleo was, and I got some paleo cookbooks, I still wasn't consuming enough of the healthy fats because I was fairly fat phobic. So, you know, I would cook paleo, but I wouldn't add in like the ghee or the coconut oil because I was like, Ooh, that's gross. Why would you do that? So again, it was just another step in the journey. And when I finally learned enough about healthy fats and how important they are. It it was hard for me to add them in, but that was, by the time I I did that, I had identified many of my food sensitivities. So that was like the big step that where I really was able to finally start coming off of some of my medications just by adding healthy fat into my diet. Uh So tell me the, for the viewers that don't know what paleo is, can you explain that? Sure. I hope I'm going to get it right. In my opinion, the, the way I eat paleo is, is a diet aligned with how we eat paleolithic times. So basically you're eating animal proteins, vegetables, and some fruits. So you're not eating grains, really not. The, most people don't eat dairy. If they say they're paleo, they're also dairy-free. I know some people that say they're paleo and they eat dairy. But for me, I really went full-on, you know, no dairy, no grains, nothing processed, just real food. I don't use, you know, real sugar. I'll use like maple syrup or some honey. Um, But again, nothing processed. Got it. Okay. So nothing processed at all. Okay. So you started seeing a difference, it sounds like, and what kind of improvement were you starting to see? With the diet changes, the biggest improvement that was most noticeable was a pain reduction. Ooh, that's a big one. It's huge. Yeah. Um, I was able to get myself, to wean myself completely off of my painkillers and my muscle relaxers. That was kind of the first, I mean, that was the first thing I wanted to get rid of. I never wanted to be on painkillers to right. begin. And even at the time, my rheumatologist was shocked. They were like, well, because when he asked if I needed a prescription, I was like, no. And he said, we almost never have patients take themselves off. You know, usually it's just the dose gets higher. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's a problem. Yeah, <laughs> that's a, exactly. That and the approach I am choosing. And you're creating yeah. a different problem also, yes. you know, because yes. we know that painkillers are not good. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Good for you. Kudos for you for getting off of those. I think that's awesome. So for those that are dealing with this disease right now and they are in the midst of it and do not know what to do, obviously diet change is important. Is there, is there more to that that you can share with them that will help them improve that? Yes. That's a great question because there is no one diet 
that's right for everybody. So somebody came to me and said, and I have clients ask me all the time, well, what do you eat? And I'm like, no, no, we need to find out what you should be eating. It really is truly individualized. There are things that we know are inflammatory for everybody. Mm -hmm. So if you have an autoimmune illness, I, I do recommend, you know, that nobody with autoimmunity should be eating gluten because we know it causes leaky gut, which triggers autoimmunity. So gluten's always a no-no. Most people, dairy is also a no-no. Again, it's, it's inflammatory. But really, in order to find out, you know, for each individual is some kind of an elimination diet. So you just start going through like your foods and saying, okay, I'm just going to get rid of this today and I'm going to see how I feel and then get rid of this. Or is it a certain like dairy? Like today, this week, I'm going to get rid of dairy. Yeah. So from my perspective, in order to get accurate answers, one would need to give up their food for for a good month at least. Um, And because inflammation layers... It's really not just one food at a time because say you were sensitive to nightshades maybe and grains, gluten-free grains even, and you only gave up dairy, you might not feel better. So it might not Uh have because you still have all this other inflammation going on Uh over here. So ideally, one would eliminate all of the high suspect foods, which would be gluten, dairy, alcohol, I think all grains for somebody with autoimmunity, nightshades, which are tomatoes, peppers, potatoes, eggplants, are very commonly an issue for people with autoimmunity. I've yet to meet anybody with a nightshade sensitivity that doesn't have autoimmune disease. I'm not sure. I just haven't run into anybody yet. So you're saying get rid of all those different things. Can you say that list again just for those (laughs) that need to hear it one more time? Sure. Gluten, dairy, alcohol, actually even all gluten-free grains as well. Nightshades, which are the tomatoes, peppers, eggplants, potatoes. Um, I actually have people legumes. So all beans, which includes peas and peanuts, are inflammatory. And then depending on the person, I'm also a, a certified autoimmune protocol coach. And on the autoimmune protocol, they really recommend you also give up nuts, coffee, and eggs. Okay. That can be a lot for somebody to give up all at once, but those are definitely the foods to consider. Most people that work with me, for instance, we really talk about, you know, what are they already eating a lot of? If there's something they very rarely eat, we might not aggressively eliminate it. And you have to weigh also what's doable, right? Some people can't give up or can't foresee themselves giving up, say, eggs and nuts at the same time because they feel like, what are they going to eat? So it really just, it, it is very individualized. And sometimes it takes more than 30 days. You know, the rule of thumb is you do the elimination process and, and you keep it clean until you feel really well because mm-hmm. the body can be slow to heal. And then you want to very methodically, one by one, reintroduce your foods and see what kind of reaction. Now I think I get it. So you take all of those away and then you, you can bring them back. It doesn't mean you can't maybe have them. Well, you can't, you'll find that out as you go along. It sounds like. So then you just start bringing them back in and just seeing kind of, 
okay, is this, how do I feel when I take this or have this again? Yes. I I feel like the the body signaling mechanism when we're eating all of these things that are causing inflammation, I think of now I'm dating myself. I am 50, by the way, so I'm celebrating (laughs) because, yay, I feel great at 50. 50 is Um, not a bad thing. Just just know, right? No, well, for me, I didn't think I'd make it. So it's a really good thing. Um, But I think of the old school fuzzy TV screen Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. what I think of how most of us are living with our state of inflammation. And so the body's not able to, to accurately signal or clearly signal. You know, I've had so many people say, you know, but I've been eating dairy forever. It never gives me a problem. I'm like, I understand. Let's take it out. And what happens is once your inflammation is down, when you put these things back in one, one at a time, you'd be amazed at the signal your body can send. So it really does tell you. It really does. I have a client that reintroduced dairy this week. And usually I'll tell people if it's going well to really eat that food three times a day for at least two days, maybe four, because some of these sensitivities have a delayed response. So it's okay. you know, like I personally could eat nightshades one day and not notice anything, but if I eat them two days in a row, my joints hurt. You're so I don't eat them feel out. Okay. Yeah. Got it. And I have a client this week who didn't even she had cream in her coffee and that was the end of her dairy reintroduction. Wow. She could not so believe it. So it, it can just be really sometimes a really clear signal, which which is great because once we feel what the food is doing to our body, mm-hmm. then we can really make the choice that serves us the best. Right. And it really is a life change. It, it's not it just, okay, I'm going to go on this diet. I'm going to do it for a little while. Right. It's a life change of making these changes. And, and if you're feeling better, you're going to want to make those changes, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's reinforcing. People used to say to me all the time, I don't understand how you have the willpower. I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel great. Yeah, that's you a know, good enough like, willpower, right? It's a no-brainer right? for me. <laughs> and, yeah. and I'm alive now. I feel exactly. good. I'm actually going <laughs> to make it to, you know, hopefully. Yeah, I'm 50 and I feel 40, so yeah. I'm good. Yeah. I, I don't need <laughs> to eat the gluten. Exactly. I love that. I love that. As you're going through this difficult time that you were having, not necessarily just when your daughter said that to you, but what were you feeling and what were you thinking inside as you were going through this? Because I want those that are dealing with this, that are struggling with all of the mindset stuff, know that they're not alone. So, yeah. so how were you at that moment? Where was your mindset? It was, it's interesting. Right before that, I had had a conversation with a a good friend of, with my best friend. And I had said, you know, I wonder if I'm depressed because if you look at the symptoms of depression, I mean, I had the fatigue, I had the pain, I felt hopeless. And I I really truly felt powerless in in a, you know, so not just hopeless, but I really believed there was nothing I could do. And I was sad because I didn't think I would live much longer. And, my, and I had three kids that were still in high school. So you um, were dealing with a little bit of depression, it sounds like then, for sure. On- you know, it's interesting when I, yes and no. Okay. okay. <laughs> because I actually didn't quite fit the depression because my feelings of depression were very logical according to the situation I was in. 
Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. It was hard to differentiate how much was the genuine exhaustion from the fatigue as well. But I was in a place where I thought I'm not going to be on this earth much longer. You know, there's nothing I can do. So I was hopeless and lost and, and sad. But and the reason I ask that question is because I know that there are some listeners that are dealing with what you dealt with that are also dealing with the mindset part. And yes, I really wanted to ask about that. So yeah. And I know when I was in that place and I would hear a story like mine, not even, I actually never heard a story like mine, but when I would hear about, well, you know, so-and-so has rheumatoid arthritis and, you know, she's doing bee pollen and she feels great. And I would think, well, then her RA wasn't as bad as mine. You know, I I mean, I really believed like nobody could be where I was and get better. Mm. So I, I just want everybody out there to know, like, I get it because it, it does feel like you're stuck forever, but that there is hope and, and there are things that we can do. So that leads me to what were some of the things that you did to help you get yes. your mind in a better place? Well, I love that this was your next question because um, for me personally, second to diet change as far as my healing journey was creating a meditation routine. As I was making these diet changes, I started meditating for 20 minutes twice a day. And twice a day, wow. Twice a day. Um, I did a I did a program and that was that was the program was 20 minutes twice a day. And my pain started to get even better. My oh. sleep started to get even better. Oh, yeah. Therefore, my energy got better. My mood got better. My outlook got better. So it it was a big part of it. Huge, huge. Because before that point, I could sleep 12 hours and wake up exhausted. Like that was just, you know, I was always dragging and through, I mean, and it was pretty quick. I mean, within a month of doing that all of a sudden, you know, I I needed less and less sleep because my sleep quality was getting better and better. It was remarkable. That that is amazing. I love, love, love hearing that because I am absolutely one of those people that meditate as well. And I have seen such a huge difference after, you know, meditating and, and really changing your whole mindset. It's almost like you can control those those feelings, those those anger that the frustration that comes up. It's almost like you're you you can you're almost at least for me stepping back and you can evaluate the situation in such a better place. Yes, it really does help you. So I love that 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 yeah. was a big part of your healing as well. So well, and I love how you articulated that because. That was such a huge step in me starting to take my control back. And I don't even know that I put two and two together until you just said that. But that's exactly it. It was like, oh my gosh, I can control things I didn't think I could control. Yeah. 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 It's pretty amazing just what that does. So so you changed your diet. You changed your mindset. Is there anything else that you did that made a big difference for you? I cleaned up my environment, meaning my personal care products, my household cleaning products, my kitchen. 
That's um, a big one. I'm love. I'm all for I'm I'm kind of one of those that do not like to use chemicals in my home as well. So I'm yes. one of those that get those. Oh, now I can't even think of the name of my rags that I use, but they're they Norwex. Yes, thank you, Norway. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> and they're awesome because I can use water, literally, right. and clean my glass and, and lots yes. of other things, and it still looks really nice, and yet I don't have all the smells or the, the harsh chemicals and things like that as well. So that was, that was a big part, it sounds like, for you as well to um, get rid of those things because they do affect us, don't they? They do. Again, it's that layer effect. You know, our bodies are made to detox this stuff, but we're exposed to so much more Mm -hmm. of it. We haven't evolved as quickly as the chemical world has. So, Um, So, you know, there are a lot of us that get overloaded and there are a handful of people who, you know, their detox systems work beautifully and more power to them, but I'm not one of them. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I love that. Is there anything else that you would like to add to this, the message that you want to get out to those that, and, and I know you have a program, we're going to get to that in a minute so that, that they'll know that there is some help they can get, but is there anything else that you did or used or changes you made that you want to share with them? I would say, so clearly because of what I do, <laughs> it illustrates I'm a functional medicine fan. And I would say for anybody with autoimmunity or chronic illness, really any of the chronic illnesses, the functional medicine perspective is that there are environmental triggers. So, you know, we say in functional medicine, you know, genetics load the gun and the environment pulls the trigger. So I would say for anybody, even the people who say, well, my mom has RA, therefore I have RA, take the time to find your underlying cause, find what pulled your trigger. I was remarkably lucky to be able to heal as much as I have healed without finding my underlying cause, which I did find this past January. I have mercury and lead toxicity, and I also have mold toxicity. So I'm not kidding. I don't detox well. I'm a collector. So that's probably a whole nother story. (laughs) (laughs) But it's a common, so toxicity issues are a common underlying cause for chronic illness, as are infections, bacterial, viral. And so dig, I guess, is what I'm imploring people to do is when they have the energy, you know, so for me, it worked out really well to start to feel better to be able to spend the energy to find out what was really going on. And so don't just accept that this is something you've, you've been handed, that there's a cause and, and it is worth it to find the cause because you fix the cause my goal is once I fix that, to be able to eat some more of the foods that I can't eat now. Nice. Well, now goal. tell me, is your program, does that help them to find those things? Um, it, it, I give them guidance as to what to look for and how to find a, a doc to order the labs. Um, I have some doctors that I'm partners with that can do that as okay. well. But we, I really work with the lifestyle piece. Oh, okay. I love that. I'm kind yeah. of a lifestyle. Yeah. I work yeah. With that as well as a life coach. So I get that. So you're kind of coaching them, kind of helping them along this process. Yes. Yes. Um, and as you can tell, you know, I take a holistic approach. Mm-hmm. So I have a lot of people that'll come to me and say, you know, I, I, I want to change my diet. You know, I want to lower my blood sugar. I want to 
lose weight. And I'm like, okay, but I have to warn you, like that's not all we're going to do. Like I am not capable of only helping you fix diet. It's, it's, it's gotta be all of it. It's a um, well-rounded thing, isn't it? There's it really is. We are, you know, incredibly whole humans. And mm-hmm. so, you know, stress plays a huge role in chronic illness. So stress management, you can eat all the right foods, but if you're not handling your stress. Oh yeah. I, I, I have a whole nother story on that one myself. Oh yes, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, well, I love your message. I love that you are able to overcome it through just making some changes in your environment and your eating habits and your mindset and, and just changing this illness that could have taken your life or you could have been on medicine for the rest of your life. And I, I just, I love that message that there's more than just what, you know, one option that people are given and to search for more and find what works for you. Yeah. And I'm not bashing medication. I, no, I think me neither. I'm grateful we have it and there's a time and a place. Yeah. My goal was never to get off of medication. My goal was just to feel well. I just ended up getting lucky enough to feel well enough that I didn't need the medication. I um, love that. I, so. I agree with you 100%. I'm absolutely yeah. not saying that either because okay. I know there are certain situations that they're absolutely needed. Yes. But if at all possible, you can get off them. Absolutely. The best thing yes. for you and your body. And uh, so I am, I am just grateful for that message that you're sharing. So is there anything else you'd like to add before we end our session today? Just some gratitude for you and, and what you're doing, because I think that the more people like us can get our message out, you know, that's the best way to inspire people to, you know, to, you. to grab for the goods. Yeah, I agree. There's too many out there that have stories of things that have happened and we can all relate to stories, right? So sure. stories tell us so much about people and, and it helps connect us and help us to help others. And that's really yeah. what the podcast is about. So thank you for sharing that. I appreciate that. So we will have a link for you to be able to get a hold of Julie and find out more about her program. So you'll be able to see the link at the end. So thank you guys so much for joining us today. And Julie, thank you so much for sharing your story and sharing all your amazing things you've done. And, and I know it's going to help somebody. So I really appreciate that. And I appreciate you taking the time with us. So thank you. Thank you so much. And I just want to invite the audience included in the links or some links to free webinars I'm doing oh, yes. um, in December and January. There's going to be lots of good information I just want to, I just want people to start to make change. So check those out as well. Yes. Thank you so much. I had forgotten about that. Yes. She has some great webinars. I'm going to check them out too. So thank you. I appreciate that. And we will talk to you soon. This is Donna Gammon with Power to Grow. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you've enjoyed the show, please leave a review now and I will give you a free download of my blessed morning. This is something that is worth so much. It's what I use to get past my past, if you know what I mean. Until our next show, thank you again for joining us. This is Donna Gammon and this is Power to Grow.